Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite retail supply chain show, Point of Sale, where we break down great retailers and the data and technology that move their supply chains. I am really excited for today's episode. It's a guest that I've been looking to get on the show for a while now, and it's an incredible company that's really changing how retailers are moving their inventory, working their warehouses, and uh, one in particular, I think, is going to be running the future of what automation and warehousing and logistics looks like. And honestly, uh, so many questions. We're not even going to waste our time here. We're going to bring our guests right on the show. We have with us today Mark Nanduka, the Chief Investment Officer for GXL Logistics. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to have you. Grace, thank you so much. You know I'm such a massive, massive fan of your show. So really, really pleased to be here. Thank you. Oh, of course. And, and fan of the work that you're doing as well. And I think uh, there's a lot of really great questions and areas that we can dive into to really learn more about what GXO is doing after this incredible one-year anniversary just hit. So congratulations to you for that, for sure. Thank you. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's been a great backdrop. So we've been very excited. We rang the bell last week, as you know, know at the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, so we're just very excited for the future. We've, I think we've created the basis of a very, very good future for us. So we're very excited. Yeah, and I mean, you're just a, a little over a year now. We've already had such impressive growth from your company. You rated guidance already on revenue up to 12 to 16% from I think 11 to 15. Just that EBITDA is already up to 176 million. Uh, what has impressed you most about this last earnings report? So, Grace, listen, there's been a few things. I mean, we've had reported revenues, as you mentioned, up 15%. Organic revenue growth was up 20%. EPS was up 55%. So we're pushing in some phenomenal growth numbers, but we're doing it all the while when writing great contracts with amazing customers, these global blue chip customers that we talk about so much. Returns coming in for this business, return on invested capital specifically here, coming in at, at some 30% plus in this business. So that really speaks to the quality of the operations that we're running. The pipeline's significant. We're running at over $2 billion worth of pipeline. And as you alluded to, we've had the highest level of new wins in any given quarter ever with that $475 million that we talked about in the second quarter. But there's lots of things to be proud about from the last year more generally. If we look at what we've done, we've completed our first acquisition as a standalone company in the form of Clipper, which I'm sure we'll talk about. We've also been named uh, to the Fortune 500, which, uh, which got some press a couple of months ago. And then we stood up 90 new sites. I mean, that's no mean feat for any business. Um, so if you think about the 15 million square feet that we put up in terms of new, new warehousing space, it really speaks to the fact that not only do we have this growth, but we're implementing and executing on the growth as well and delivering for our blue chip customers. And then something which I know is close to your heart because you spoke to Megan, something that's close to our hearts as well, it's this ESG metric that we've been uh, been talking about so much, the rating that we achieved from MSCI, that AA rating, it really puts us in best-in-class territory in terms of our ESG targets going forwards. So it's just a very exciting time. We've got growth, we've got great customers, longer duration, more tech, and a business that ultimately is, is going to aim to deliver over the coming years on the promises that it's made. Uh, most definitely. And it's impressive because, you know, this is a retail supply chain show. And 
more than half yeah. of your revenue comes from e-commerce, um, channel retail, and consumer technology as well. So how do you feel your retail customers have really contributed to this growth and, and really this execution, uh, just explosive first-year uh, partnerships? I mean, you say it best, explosive. So if you think about what's happening here, we're on this massive North Star journey that's taking place. Think about, think about where we're going. We've started today with, with roughly one in five items being bought online. So e-com, as you mentioned. We've got a backdrop where 30% of the contracts that exist in the market, this massive $430 billion total addressable market, only 30% of the market is currently outsourced. And then on top of all of that, if we, if we layer on the, the, those three tenants of our business of automation, e-commerce, and outsourcing, the automation portion is so important. That's what's really changed us in the, this industry, and we'll talk about this more, which is the industry's gone from basically manual operations to a very tech-driven backbone, and there are very few 3PLs that have managed to upscale towards that technology front. So we've been able to get to a place whereby with 30% automated across our footprint, the industry is barely 5% automated. So what's happening is, is that customers are realizing that if they want to outsource their e-com operations and be best in class, they have to do it with a technology backbone because it's so complex. From a returns standpoint, so this is effectively reverse logistics, one in three items is being returned. And if you don't have the technology, the AI, the know-how to be able to execute for a customer to scale across geographies, you're going to be left at sea over the next few years. And what will end up happening is, is that there will be a consolidation towards the top three or four players in the industry, primarily because of the technology upswing that's taken place in this industry. But to your point on e-com, it's a massively growing business for us, seasonally, cyclically, secularly. If you look at the e-commerce growth that we had in the last quarter, it was well above base business growth. Um, we're taking share, therefore, and the complexity in the warehouse has risen substantially and returns, so reverse logistics, is making things very complicated for customers and so much so that they can't do it on their own anymore and they need expertise to come in and help them. I really love that you brought up the reverse logistics aspect because I think that brings into picture Clipper Logistics, right? Uh, and, and you mentioned, yeah. uh, company mentioned, right, in the last earnings that Clipper is not even contributing materially yet to GXO's results. How do you expect uh, the rest of this year, this upcoming year, uh, how, Clipper Logistics to actually be contributing to your earnings? It's a great point, Grace. We talked about it on the call as mentioning that we only have four weeks of contribution. If you remember, the deal closed at the back end of May. Um, in terms of what we said on the call, we basically mentioned the fact that the business was generating roughly historically around $80 million per month worth of revenue. And the business was producing somewhere around a mid-single digit EBITDA margin, to keep it in very general terms. Um, you therefore have a business which is just a shining star within the European market. It's asset light. So it produces extremely strong returns. It's got the who's who of customers within the UK market. And it's got limited customer overlap with us as well. They've got very loyal customers who have been with them for very long periods of time. And the contracts that they're writing are very long duration in nature. So they're a specialist in particular in the, in, in, when it comes to their IP uh, on the reverse logistics side. So it's a very exciting partnership um, that we've potentially created here. So roughly $80 million per month in revenue terms. 
uh, astounding. So just another uh, rocket ship waiting to be launched really at this point in time. And I, I want to get into the technology side of things because everyone knows that I'm a tech nerd. That's the stuff that really gets me fired up and gets me interested. And especially for the future and what supply chains could look like. We've talked about a lot of this before. I guess for you, what trends and requests are you starting to see more frequently from your retail customers, especially uh, you brought up the automation side of things as well? Yeah, we, I mean, we've seen huge demand for advanced automation within our warehouses. Go back to that example I gave at the start, at the start of our conversation, whereby you've gone from these very commoditized type warehouses where everyone is pushing boxes around with their hands and their arms. Um, and they're basically they're, they're push, pushing through about 60 picks per hour. That is what the human hand can do. If you overlay technology into one of those warehouses, Grace, you end up in a situation whereby you go from 60 picks per hour with a robotic arm potentially doing 300 to 350 picks per hour. So you're now putting a five to six X on what you could do with your human hand. So the game has completely changed. And therefore, what was a, you can hand this out to 300 different 3PLs and it's a conversation about price has now become a conversation of the very few, not the many, in terms of 3PLs. And the game has funneled into that top three, top four leadership position, whereby 3PLs such as GXO come in and offer you a unique product offering, not just in the way we integrate the solution, but the promise that we've also done it before. It's a, it's a first mover advantage that we have here. And as you saw in the second quarter, 30% of our footprint is now uh, from automated sites, highly automated sites in particular. And total technology and automated systems were up some 43%. So we're strongly differentiated from a technology standpoint as what I deem to be a, a, an innovator in the space, the way we integrate both hardware and software for the customer. And what it derives is it derives better, better outcomes for the customer, whether it's visibility in terms of their product orders, whether it's the accuracy, the cost effectiveness, as I mentioned, in terms of inventory per SKU. There's lots and lots of stuff that's changing in the warehouse that I don't think the market's fully aware of. Aware of. And today's reality is that customers still need to move products closer to the consumer. We're helping them on that direct-to-consumer journey. But at the same time, we're using tech to increase efficiency. And e-com is obviously part of that. But technology in the warehouse is going to be a massive theme for the next decade. And it's going to be a major source of margin growth, returns, and just general revenue growth for this business. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me how many warehouses are so behind on this technology. But it are starting to realize now that it's much needed. And what's really fun about uh, warehouse automation is that it's changing and it's growing and it's evolving so rapidly. So I think sometimes when people are looking for the right partner to bring that technology to their warehouse, they want someone who's also continuing to evolve with the times as well, right? And I guess in your role specifically, how are, yeah, how are you working to make sure that uh, your customers know that GXO as a partner is going to continue to have the top-notch warehouse technology that's deployable and ready to go for, for their warehouses. So there's a, there's a couple of things. Firstly, I think it's there's a less relevant answer here, which is making sure that you are the bluest of blue chip from a, from a balance sheet perspective. And obviously, we're very proud of our investment-grade credit rating. Customers want to know that when they partner with someone, that they're in it for the long haul. Our top 20 customers have been with us for some 15 years on average. So a very impressive statistic, but when you come to us, you typically stay with us because you understand the savings that we're making for you. If you think about those type of savings that I talked about, if you can literally remove racking 
in a warehouse by some 50% and you can save that 40 to 50% on variable cost, it's very hard to have an argument on price at that point. It's very hard to have a competitor come in and say, oh, I can save you an extra three to four basis points on your, on your inventory or on your warehouse cost base. Because customers simply won't listen to that because you've completely changed the way that they operate from the revenue line right the way down to their cost pool. And there are lots and lots of good examples of where we've seen eight times productivity gains on very highly automated sites, whether it's monorails, whether it's shuttles versus in some cases, slightly lower, two to three X, what you can get with some cobots, for example. But it, this is every part of the warehouse is being, is being impacted. And therefore, good balance sheet, long duration in the industry. We've been around as a business, even though, as you said, we're only one year old as a standalone company. This business, in some shape or form, has been around for 30 plus years. And the operators within it have also been around for some 30 plus years. So we've got the pedigree in terms of the, the know-how from a management perspective and a people perspective. And we've got the know-how in terms of we've lived and done it with 1,050 global blue chip customers day by day for yeah. the last 30 years. So we've got that backlog of knowledge. So it's a, it's a combination of factors, but, but history is your guide here. We've lived and done it a million times before. Yeah, I think that's why we're seeing such explosive growth for you guys as well. Like, we've seen how how yeah. well uh, XBO was run, and, and the execution is like the, I think the the focus of the word, right? Uh, and so I think that's why people are really excited to to partner with you over time as well. And uh, you and I have talked about technology. One of my favorite um, uh, parts of Jigsaw is an XBO is that that Nestle plant, fully automated. I think that's just absolutely incredible. For you, what type of innovation are you most awestruck by or most proud of uh, as you're visiting sites and, and working with new customers? I mean, there's, there's lots to be proud of in terms of the efficiency, safety, and productivity that, that tech allows for. And there's a, when you're visiting sites, as you say, there is a tangible change in job satisfaction that takes place. So in terms of pride, I see this helping our people day to day. And the way it helps people to upskill uh, is something that, that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of. It also improves retention on the, on the shop floor as well, which is obviously a good thing, but it helps create a more safe and efficient environment. In terms of specific technology, I think it's more of a more of a catch all this, which is for me, the thing that really gets me in the current environment is how we're saving money for customers and what is an environment where retail inventories are clearly running, particularly in the US, at very high levels. We alleviate that problem for customers by using software and hardware solutions. And we're lowering the SKUs for them. We're improving their ESG metrics, in turn, raising their margins by removing wastage from the system. I mean, if you think about, Grace, some retailers, they're running at 80% of their retail emissions coming from the supply chain. So we come in and we make your inventory more efficient and in turn, improve your margins and take your emissions down substantially. There are lots of examples of margins going up by X and emissions going down by that same X. So it's a, it's a game changer what we offer. Every time we have... Uh, in XBO, GXO, probably soon with RXO. It's a common theme from all of you, people, 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 people. And uh, how do you feel GXO has created that type of culture to continue to drive this innovation for your, your customers? I think uh, your, your point is, is well made on, on XBO. We've got a phenomenal heritage. And I, I, watched, I watched the show that you had with Mario. Isn't he the best? I mean, so, such great energy. Um, <laughs> In a, business, in a business like ours, Grace, I, I genuinely feel that we're so customer-facing that 
it's it's really all about the people from the get-go. There's there's no behind-the-scenes characters. Everything that we do and everyone that operates across our warehouses and across the team are, are mission critical. And we're hiring the best of the best. We're constantly putting people front and center. And we have a great negative feedback loop in this business so that when things do go wrong, they get corrected quickly. We're very good at monitoring what's going on in our business and how we can improve and make the place a better place to work. But people and culture, as you say, are a huge part of this business. And we spend a lot of time hiring the absolute pedigree across every single one of our 120,000 teammates. And that's what creates, I think, a very special environment to work at. Yeah, uh, most definitely. And um, when it comes to technology as well, as you're you know, visiting different retailers and seeing what the competition has and maybe what uh, others aren't investing in that's slowing them down, what do you feel is like is now table stakes, right? It's just something that people have to start really considering and investing in now or else they're going to just be left behind, especially in the way that market conditions are today. Well, I think the the industry is very fragmented. So if you think about the average tech across the industry. When you talk about the industry, the industry's got very little tech deployed. Our 30% is a massive outlier versus an industry that's barely 5% automated. If you think about what we're excited by, I mean, clearly software, AI, machine learning, that's going to drive significant benefits across the warehouse over the coming years. And it's really going to be able to deepen customer relationships because we'll be able to predict when a a certain shoe or a power item comes into the warehouse, we'll be able to predict before it comes into the warehouse and whether it's a return item or whether it's just vanilla throughput, we'll be ahead of schedule because of our AI backdrop. Inventory management is going to be key going forwards. The implications for what we're doing with cobots and advanced vision systems, I think, is an area where you're seeing a J-curve in terms of in terms of technology. And I think one of the holy grails here is on the reverse logistics side, opening a box and working out what's wrong with the box rather than just needing to scan the barcode is something that, that tech needs to find a solution for over the next three to five years. And when we get there, I think that will just see a leap and a jump in this industry because it will solve one of the bottlenecks um, in, in the e-commerce market. Absolutely. And uh, uh, let's focus on you for a quick second. So you have an immense background in, in equity research, and I'm interested in what drew you out of that lightly, per se, to GXO and having a deeper role, a substantial role in worldwide logistics. So as, as you said, I went from an analyst role whereby I was covering stocks of the ilk of, of XBO, now GXO, and, and, and soon to be RXO, as you know, there's something fascinating about contract logistics because it is, it is misunderstood. And I love, I love stocks and I love stories whereby that misconception ultimately of people thinking that, that it is something and it's actually something else. When you open up the bonnet of this business, you see a business that's producing above market growth with an industry that's becoming increasingly complex for the customer particularly, as you know, with what's happening with global supply chains. And you've got this rare, rare combination of this business of both high growth and high returns with very long-term contracts, with very loyal customers in a very low-risk setting. It, it, it almost sounds to many people too good to be true until they actually learn the business. You have a business that's producing revenue growth that you would, you would describe that is technology-worthy of yesteryear. You've got a balance sheet and a return profile that you would describe as a brokerage business almost. And you've got a PL that has a profit and loss account, which has the tenacity of a utility. It's unheard of in equity markets. So that learning curve is going to take time for people to understand. And 
that's what excited me about it. It's telling that narrative, whether it's it's to great people like yourself, whether it's investors, whether it's, it's it's working with customers. We have phenomenal relationships with these global blue chip customers. We've got a best in class management team. And what attracted me was is this delta between what people think this business is and what I know that yeah. it really is. And that will come to the foreground in the, in the next eight quarters is my sense. Yeah, I, I love it for that reason, too. It's it's. Um... It's the one industry that's so huge. You know, you tell people the numbers behind it, and they're like, "What?" Because it's right underneath their nose, and they don't really understand it until that one Christmas gift that you wanted to give your niece doesn't arrive on time, and you're the worst day in the whole wide world. So it's it's wow. it's so such it's, yeah, it's so it's just so uh, funny how you know it's it, until a truck cuts you off or until something goes wrong, you don't really recognize it, but it's just a it's a boatload of money that no one really considers until something goes wrong right and i i I can understand from your history why exactly you you would want to be a part of it and bringing up the people aspect again now that you've spent a a good year now or so at jixo who are some people behind the scenes that you just have i think are are a big part of this incredible growth from this last year and the, the, these aren't just teammates, the 120,000 that we have working with us. Every single person is doing something mission critical. And we are, as you saw last week in the, in the, in the press coverage for what we were doing for our one-year anniversary, we're all in this together. And there's a great spirit that Malcolm's created in this business. And we're just very, very excited to execute on the promises that we delivered. So we, we think about every single individual as equal importance. It's a very flat structure where everyone's voices are heard. I've never worked for a company like this with the energy that we have and the drive and the the focus on the North Star destination. So I'm just very blessed to be working with such great people across the 120,000 teammates that we have. Yeah, you guys have a very, uh, I I call it a no man left behind mentality. And I actually, let me bring up a picture really quick to prove this. Uh, This right here, (laughs) you didn't even want Milton to not be there, right? Like he had to be, I saw this picture, I said, yes. This is a, this is perfect example of culture at GXO. You guys can take that down now. And I I think it proves right there, right, that you have to have everyone involved and everyone's a part of the team. And if you're not there, you're going to be there in spirit, no matter what. That was great. No, but just for your viewers, he couldn't fly over that day because because not because he had COVID, but because of COVID restrictions in the UK. But we got him involved in spirit. Yeah. It's a, a perfect example of that people culture. And I guess uh, as we close this up, uh, what excites you the most about the potential future of GXO? And, and what are you most excited to see over this next year? I mean, as you can tell, I'm, I'm super pumped. I mean, this is, this is a business that's positioned to drive very strong returns, extremely good free cash flow growth. And we're, we're deploying propri- a proprietary suite of technology and, and executing on these continuous improvement changes and strategies that I've talked about for our customers. We're trying to be as innovative as possible. We're trialing over 100 different technologies. So there's no sitting still in this business. There is no complacency whatsoever at any one moment in time. And we're leveraged to such broad themes that are fast growing, whether it's profitable verticals, whether it's the themes of automation, e-commerce and outsourcing. And we are right at the crosshairs and right in the golden triangle of, of that growth. So it's the right place at the right time. And um, we're, we're going we're gonna to prove to the market that this is an amazing business over, over the next decade. Yeah, right place, right time, the absolute best execution in my, in my thoughts. So thank you so much, you, Mark, guys. for coming on. Uh, we'll have to have you again on soon. So don't worry about that. Uh, and appreciate everything that you've been able to do for GXO as well. 
huge fan of yours, Grace. Thank you again. Of course. Thank you so much. And uh, for all of our listeners, uh, we have even more technology coming your way. Next week, we've got our supply chain meets fintech event. It is now virtual, so we won't have a new point of sale episode. But trust me, there's a ton of really great content coming out of this. And right now, what are companies concerned about? Cash flow. So if you're looking for interesting ways and interesting technologies to invest in, you've got to be at this event. You've got to register. And it's fun because you can cast it into either your own audio system or to the TVs in your offices, uh, continue to work, but also get some really great feedback on how to improve the payment systems within your business. And then, of course, you know, not only is point of sale a uh, show, podcast. Uh, we also are a community. So go register and sign up for our newsletter as well at freightways.com. Just go up there, click newsletters and subscribe today. You'll get that bi-weekly from us. And then on top of all this fun stuff that I do, go and check out my radio show as well on Sirius XM, Drive Time, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We've got some great great guest on again tonight and i expect you to be there give us a call as well we love getting uh, messages from our fans and everything else that's that's pretty much it great interview loved having this incredible guest on and i'm looking forward to talking to you all in a couple of weeks